photography lovers, and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Photography Podcast with me, Virginia. If you're here for the very first time, this is the show where every Wednesday we're arranging a date for you and one of the amazing artists from our industry. And every other Friday, I'm giving you some tips and tricks on how to build a sustainable photography business. In today's episode, we're having a brand new guest, and this time, we're going to talk about the importance of visual culture and where it can lead you. We're also discussing shooting on tiny places like, for example, bathrooms, and also in your home studio. And in case you don't have enough space for a home studio, we also talk about shooting on location. Today, you're going to find out how my guest built his contacts and how he got his relationship with Vogue. Another topic in this podcast is going to be how to talk to a first-time client and my guest is sharing some do's and don'ts. I bet you're going to learn a lot from today's interview and then you're probably going to feel very inspired. And if you have a gorgeous fashion or beauty editorial, don't hesitate to submit it to our friends from Lucy's magazine. They're waiting for your work and the best part is that your photo might become their next cover. So now it's time for a podcast. Hello, I'm Luca Manigal. I am a fashion photographer from Northern Italy. In, I'm based in between Milan and Bolzano. Uh, Milan, everybody knows it. And Bolzano is a tiny town next to Austria, basically. Have you been born there? Uh, no, I've been born in Belluno. That is an even tinier village in the mountains, in the middle of the Dolomites. But I moved to Bolzano for the university where I studied design, and then I kept living here. I'm in Bolzano in this moment. How, from a little village, you decided to go for design and then for photography? Since I can remember, I was very, very, very passionate in drawing, and I always drawn in a very, let's say, figurative way. So there was nothing that makes it different from photography. The photography was just the evolution of it like a logical evolution. I chose to do design because ever since university, I've never been really into photography. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was fascinated by many things and I found this university that was a little bit hippie, a little bit um, about, let's say, design thinking. So it was a little bit of graphic design, a little bit of any kind of visual communication, a little bit of uh, product design. So it was very, very hybrid. And it was perfect for me because I wasn't looking to get specialized in something, I was looking for something to understand what I wanted. Since my first semester, I realized that design was not what I wanted. I wanted photography. How many years ago was that? I finished in 2012 anyway. So it's quite a long time ago. I was wondering because I see this question so often and people are asking whether they need university for photography. So what's your opinion now? You've been there, so... <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I couldn't imagine my life or my career at the moment without this university, not just because of what strictly university got me, but um, all the experience, all the people, all the inputs. I guess in general, if you want to be a photographer, I don't think you need necessarily photography university because it's mostly about technical part, but I guess it's very important to go to university to get in touch with different people, different ideas, and then for a wider sense, culture. For me, for example, it was very important to get visual culture, um, I don't know, background, because my one was very weak. That's so weird for me to know that it was weak, but 
you said that you've been born in a very small village. So maybe it's normal. I'm just comparing to Milan, where you're also working. And it's funny for me because I was recently in Milan. And me and George, the editor of the show, we were talking about the advertisement and all these beautiful pictures around Milan. And that probably if someone is born in Milan, they instantly have this amazing visual culture. That was true mostly time ago. But now I feel like due to internet, either you're seeking for something like this and you can find it literally everywhere. Online, you're going to be passive and some content offline. I know that you're also traveling a lot. Quite a lot, because again, my career has began in Bolzano, and especially the fashion scene in Bolzano, very smooth. And so I was focusing a lot to go around, make contact, and now the thing has kept going, and my contact has become like actual work. And so I have to travel every now and then, like once or twice a month. Let's talk a little bit about those relationships and your network and how did you got to expand it? Well, it all started, I guess, again, from the university, especially because it was a design university. And when everybody needed a photographer, I was one of the few people were like referring to me. Mm -hmm. And so I got some nice contact. And then, of course, nobody wanted to stay in Bolzano. People move out and once they were out... They might need a photographer again. And nowadays, I work quite a lot in Estonia. That is not a very common country. And I've been there once really, really randomly on holidays because I met a model and she told me, oh, Estonia is so beautiful. And I didn't know anything about Estonia. And I said, okay, why not? And I went there really randomly. I didn't know anybody there. I met a friend and she was a stylist. And then we started doing it just for fun. And then we got good friends and now we're working together and then when I went to Estonia to shoot my first Vogue editorial she was the stylist and I mean that was happening in a really really weird way for me at least very spontaneous. I think it's not super weird because in my personal opinion stylists are super important because there are not as many as the photographers are. So if you have a stylist and if it's a good one you're one step ahead of everyone. In general, I agree in a wider sense that I, I really believe in teams. And I think if the components of the team are, are working well, then the result is going to be much better or at least Absolutely. way easier. Completely agree with you. And do you want to tell us a little bit more about your relationship with Vogue and how did it all start? It started in a very spontaneous way. I had a personal project about mixing bodies together. And um, inspired from a little bit from the Aristophanes Smith, I guess it's called in English. The Plato Smith about the creation of the genders. And I did it as a personal project and then I was trying to get it published. And I don't know why I had contact from somebody on Vogue Portugal and then I said it straight away to them, hoping for something. Five minutes later, literally five minutes later, the director of Vogue Portugal wrote me back. Oh, I really like the project. It has nothing to do with us. We will not publish it, but I really like it. And it was like, okay, that's still a very good feedback. And it then is, I said, okay, yeah. thank you very much for your feedback. I will keep you updated if something different comes up. And then they were like, yes, please do. That's how it started. 
and then this Estonian project has begun and then I was sending mode boards and blah, blah, blah. And then you know how it works. Okay. And for the people that don't know how it works, do you want to tell us, because we also have some beginners at the audience. So I wanted to ask, when you started with this super random email, what happened afterward? Did you reach out to them with already done project or maybe you asked for a mood board? I had a mood board in mind and also on paper. Mm -hmm. It was still very vague. I sent it to her and said, okay, I would like to do the project. But unfortunately, many things were still uncertain. So my mood board was, was a little bit bold, let's say, like I was promising to shoot in a place where I wasn't sure I could shoot. <laughs> having a model that I wasn't sure she would have been in the place. So altogether, it was a little bit bold, let's say. But then everything worked out. And first they said, okay, we're interested, but we won't give you a pull letter. When I sent the, the final work, she, they showed me, okay, it's very interesting. And then they picked the picture they wanted. That is awesome. Sounds like you're having a lot of luck. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. That's good for you. And what about afterwards? Did you have any conversations after this project? Well, I'm keeping in contact with uh, an editor of Vogue because then I didn't talk anymore with the director and then talking with an, an editor. And we did another editorial together in November. I shot it and it was out in December. It was very similar to the first one, the same kind of attitude, just a very strong relationship between place and model and this 70s kind of time capsule places that they seem a little bit forgotten. Yeah, we're still in touch and I hope many more things will come next. For sure. Have anything changed for you since Vogue? No, at all. Oh my God, that's so weird. Usually it's exactly the opposite. Not directly. Let's say I didn't know what to expect afterward and I don't know if my perception has been changed from other people. I would say that in general, in this last year, thing has been going better and better. I don't know if it, it's depending on Vogue or it's depending on other things or if it's a mix, but I don't know. I, I don't think that specific moment made something in particular. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the future, in our next conversation, you'll yeah, be able <laughs> to give me more details on that. You mentioned the relationship between the place, the location that you're using and mm -hmm. the model. And it's very interesting in your photography that definitely the location is of great importance. Why is that so? I don't know if it's because of my design background. I'm super fascinated by the relationship of human being into space, let's say. In the same way that I want a model that gives me some positive mood, I want a place that is very strong as well put them on the same level is not shooting the model or is not shooting the place it's really strong mix of them they couldn't survive without each other yeah that's a thing that really fascinates me that makes for me a little bit boring when i have to shoot in the studio <laughs> light wise i like to work with ambient lights and play with it more than actually creating a light because somehow i, I feel the relationship between the model and the place and then it's what I want to represent. But this can be so challenging. Uh, yes, sometimes it's not even possible. So not all my projects are in this way. Or for example, the, the last collaboration I did with the German brand Allude is completely the opposite. It's a very strong flashlight just towards the models. But that's specifically because we wanted to play with colors and that was the, 
That was the main idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, do you want to share with us then about a project that you did and you really wanted to use the ambient light, but there was no chance for that? And what was your decision? How did you act? For example, the campaign for Collezione. It's a little brand from Bolzano. It was the first collection of Collezione. And they wanted some natural feeling, but the place where we were didn't allow us to use any natural light. Mm -hmm. So the overall idea was a little bit to recreate what could have been a window. In my mind, it was like, okay, let's pretend this isn't like an ambient light that I like. But it, it's a little bit weird because it's not the way I work usually. <laughs> There is always a little bit more challenging. Oh, for sure. And do you feel confident using flashlights? Quite, but not as much as playing around with the ambient light. I would say I, I'm weaker with strobes. Most of your photo shoots were made on location, and I just cannot miss the fact that Sometimes can be super hard to find the right location. Yeah. Do you have a list of them? And how do you approach people? Can you give us some advices on that? In the nicest case scenarios, that's something I work together with the producer. So most of the time, especially when I work abroad, I have a producer looking for location and scouting for models. And then it makes my job much easier because then I have to choose between them. But it's not like going blindly and look for them. And yeah, on the other hand, it ruined my holidays because every time I go <laughs> around, I think like, okay, this is, could be a very nice location. And then many times I thought about making a list or like taking snapshots and organize them very well, which I failed every time. But I kind of have a good memory about that. And <laughs> If a place struck me in some way, then I, I remember it and then it, it will comes up when it's the right time. And then, of course, connection again, like people with a similar taste are very helpful because then you can ask around and you mm -hmm. trust their judgment. And what about the arrangements of uh, booking the location? If you're not using producer, what would you do? It depends where they are. I would go there personally if possible. Otherwise, I would just email or call them. So far, I have to be honest, when it wasn't commercial and it was my personal project or something like this, I met so many really, really cool people willing to help because they like the idea, they like what I do, or they like to be helpful somehow. So I got very nice location for free, for example, that was very surprising for me. That's so nice. Yeah, that's not really happening in Milan so much. But outside of Milan, maybe people are less overwhelmed by people asking, oh, can we shoot there? And so it's still something playful and interesting for them. Do you usually provide something for the people that are taking care of the location? Like photos or something? Uh, yeah, of course. Especially when it's not commercial. I want all the people that participate in the project, they are able to, to use the picture for self-advertising. If it was a hotel, they can clearly use it, I don't know, on social medias and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I usually say, social media. And usually we're ending up there because everything else I personally consider advertising. I don't social media is a lot about the advertisement, but, you know, we're having free location, so yeah, we should deliver something. Yeah, of course. I mean, for them, it's free advertising, but 
they don't really know what they're going to get in return. Absolutely. It's still a very nice thing to do. I strongly believe that social media are advertising, but mostly they need like an editorial plan that is consistent. Otherwise, it's just generic random picture. And if you add like a random shooting to your Instagram, even though they are nice, they're going to be a little bit outside the, the usual. So I'm not sure they are so helpful, like commercial wise. Yeah, you can be right. And talking about social media, do you want to share with us what's your Instagram handle? My Instagram is a little bit abandoned. Like <laughs> I, I update it when I, I, I'm very critical about my work. And of course, what you see on my Instagram and on my website is not all my work. It's the thing I consider that for some reason I want to share. But I'm very critical. So if I don't have anything that I like, I just don't publish anything, which is very bad for my social media. That's the reason why I have really, really few followers. I hardly believe that people are interested in my life. It doesn't come natural for me to say, oh, I'm going holiday here and uh, this is what I'm eating. Yeah, I'm struggling with that too. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't belong to me, this idea. But if you guys want to support him in this hard journey of social media, you can find the link to his Instagram and also to his website in the show notes. So, Luca, what is the most challenging location that you have ever been to? The most challenging, I guess, it was campaign for New Balance. It was a summer campaign and we shot it in winter because New Balance Italy, well, it's a little bit complicated, but they need material yeah, they all do it like that. Yeah. In the wrong season. <laughs> the international brand didn't send them or they don't have this particular one and they realize they don't have it when they need it. So the timing is super short. And I wanted to shoot in a tower crane deposit. And it was amazing because of the pattern they create and also the color were matching with the shoes very perfectly. But it was on a very, very bad place. In the lowest part of a valley next to a river, it was mid-November, no sun is coming. I guess the highest temperature we saw that day was one and a half degree and the model was wearing summer clothing. And oh my God. It was insane. And then of course, everything was like concrete or metal. So touching them or doing whatever stuff she was doing in there was like super bad. She was lovely and then she didn't complain at all till the end then she was swearing at me a lot we were over and we were alive so it's fine <laughs> what about the easiest location that you have ever used and i have a guess here by the way probably if you go on my website the design scene magazine editorial the one in the red bathroom oh i thought it's going to be the one with the marvel blocks that particular bathroom is my home bathroom so i mean it was super super <laughs> comfortable I didn't even have to change my clothing. I was still in pyjama or something like that. <laughs> when you have to work in a studio, do you usually book a studio or you use your own home? Uh, it depends how big I need the studio. Mm -hmm. Like I can use part of my home as a studio. For example, now I'm like literally before I call you, I was working on a campaign for New Balance and it's just still live. So it's not a problem to, to work in at home as a studio. But when I have to shoot people, I need a bigger space. So either I go on location or I rent a studio. You mentioned New Balance is your clients several times. How did your relationship start? 
my first contact came through common contacts, work mm-hmm. contacts. For some reason, New Balance Italy is based in Bolzano. Oh. I was very surprised, to be honest. It's one of the reasons I'm, I'm still here, partially. I got a lot of work with them, and we get along well. So it basically started with like sharing my contact to them, and then they called me. I remember it was in 2016, and it was April. I got this email saying, Hi, I'm from New Balance, and we like your work. We need you for like shooting a campaign. Can you come over? And then, of course, I went over like straight away. <laughs> and they told me, Okay, yeah, we, need, we have this family of shoes. I was like five, I guess. We need the picture till Monday, next Monday. And that was really, really early. They needed on a model and the model needed the styling and makeup and everything. So I just said very calmly, yeah, yeah, sure, it's possible. (laughs) And we will do it. No problem. And then as soon as I closed the door, I started calling literally everybody on my phone and say, are you available? Like, have this job. Sounds big. I don't know, but we really need to do it like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And luckily I found everybody and then it worked out pretty well. I think being flexible with the client, especially in your first meeting, is super important. But I think it's also a little bit tricky because sometimes people are so pushy and clients are very, very demanding. So if you're super flexible at the very first moment, They expect you to be flexible until the end of your relationship. And sometimes the end can come simply because you're, for some reason, not being able to be that flexible for this particular project. So are they still like that? Yeah, I have to be honest. Because yes, they are like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a little bit tricky for real. Yeah. I mean, they've been always super, super honest about timing and stuff. And we try to, to think how to make it more convenient for both together because on one hand is somehow negative for me because I have to rush or to work nights or stuff like this. Yeah. But on the other hand is not super positive for them as well because they mean... They cannot get the best of the 100% you get maybe, I don't know, 80% in time, but it's not 100%. Mm -hmm. And the price is probably the same or even worse. It is a little bit tricky, but they said very, very honestly that um, they don't know when they receive, for example, and I think they are specific. Um, it's not like common like this, but in this particular scenario, they said, we don't know exactly which material we're going to have, but we know when they're going to need them. From those two events, the time span is like one week, two week, so we cannot do anything in advance. In general, I think... What you say, it's completely true, like being super flexible also with payment or fees and stuff like this is uh, very risky. But somehow you understand if the client is trying to push you yeah, yeah, or if it's actually not possible to do it in another way. Yeah, that's true. I think you can just behave accordingly. Yeah, completely agree with you. Nowadays, in my personal opinion, social media is really pushing us towards being super fast, super productive. Nowadays, social media is so demanding. It is true and it complicated stuff quite a a lot, even though I kind of started working with social media in the same time. So I never worried back in the days when 
you used to do, I don't know, five picture for a campaign and then mm-hmm. that was over for half an year. But you need a campaign and then you need five pictures, six picture, ten picture for a campaign and then you need 50 for the social media that can be details and then they not need to be delivered super quickly and then it's complicated. But I guess in another sense, it gives you the opportunity also to experiment a little bit more and to be a little bit bolder because the content on social media, they have a very limited lifespan. And you can just say, okay, I'm going to try something. If it goes well, it's fine. If it doesn't go well, they have one post that... Yeah, people will forget it. (laughs) That's uh, completely right. Especially when you shoot a campaign, there are many people involved and then it's very hard to try very different things. But then if you have a certain amount uh, of shots you have to do for the social, then everybody's like, okay, for the social, we need those guidelines. And then it's pretty much up to you. And since we're talking about clients and campaigns, I wanted to ask you, what's in your opinion, the biggest mistake that people do when they're trying to win a client? Like in every human relation, you need to understand who I, who is in front of you and what they're aiming to and then how, how hard you can pull the strings without making damage. When I'm the client, either I'm looking for backstage or an assistant and stuff like this. My biggest problem is arrogance. I don't know. I don't see the point of being too arrogant personally. And where does your work start and where does your work stop? And what's the most pleasant part? And what's the part that you don't like that much? I like and hate every part of it. I really like to create a new idea to to start planning it. But um, in the same way, it gets very frustrating when you can't really find what you want and it can be very long and time consuming. And the same way, I really like to shoot, of course. I mean, it would be weird otherwise. But sometimes you get the impression that you shot already everything you could, but you still have plenty to shoot. Then you, you have no more ideas on your mind. And so it's, again, love and hate. And post-production, I would say, it's the closest to hate, but they still love somehow because <laughs> post-production, I mean, altogether editing and actual post-production, like choosing the picture. And that can be super mm-hmm. confusing and also working them on Photoshop. I don't know, you finalize it, but on the same way, there's so many details that you need always to work on. The more people you add to the project that they can say their opinion which is sometimes really positive. Sometimes it's just, oh, let's try several different options and (laughs) let's work on this picture like forever. I'm trying to slowly move out from the post-production in the sense that I'm doing the least possible. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, if it's a big struggle, why don't you just hire a retoucher? I'm a little bit a control freak, so (laughs) it's very complicated to give it out. On the other hand, I want to get rid of post-production in a sense that I want my work looks more natural. I'm searching more and more for a natural vibe on my picture. So also the amount of Photoshop needed is going down. Uh, But I was talking with an agent like two days ago, which I hope went well. Me too. (laughs) According to them, it's still too much post-production in my work. So you need to make even less. Yeah. Well, you can just get rid of the retouching part. (laughs) Basically, it didn't sound bad at all. I mean, it's, yeah, 
Great. Tell us more about this uh, meeting with the agent, how that it happened. You don't need to tell us the agency or anything like that. But mm -hmm. maybe for the people that have never had a chance like this, it's going to be very interesting, I suppose. How it happened? It happened very simply. I emailed them with my portfolio and a tiny description of me and what is my photography for me. And they wrote me back, yeah, you're interesting and we would like to meet you. That's so nice. To be honest, it's a very big agent. They didn't want to sign me mm -hmm. straight away and they want to keep me in a sort of development phase, which is anyway a good result. And we will see what happens. Yeah, that was my next question. Because you mentioned that you are staying in Italy for now because mm -hmm. of your clients. But I was wondering, where do you want to move next? Mm, I don't care so much. I mean, I, I'm I'm really passionate about what I'm doing and I'm really spending so much time on it that I, I'd rather have a job that I like in a place that I dislike. So I'm okay with moving around. Once you move, what do you think is going to be the hardest part for you? Because one of the questions that I love asking is, if you had to start your career today, what would you do in a, in a different way? Or what would be your steps exactly? So maybe if you move to another city, this is exactly what you would have to do. I wouldn't do anything completely differently, but I would definitely spend more time looking around at really high quality content that could be in books, magazine, exhibition, and stuff like this, because I, I felt at the beginning I was following photographers that are not so interesting. And so my perception of photography has grown slower than it could mm -hmm. have. Visual culture, I would have pushed harder in that direction. I wanted to ask you about the project with the marble, because it's obviously one of my favorite ones. There is this curry next to Bolzano, and it's the curry that produced the whitest marble on earth. And I was super fascinated by the place. It's an amazing place, yeah. Also because this weird perception of it, because in, in some way, those huge blocks of marble that doesn't really feel you're next to them or on top of them because they are just big and heavy, they look so light and fragile. So I wanted to, to play a little bit around and to put a model there, make it feel lost somewhere in this labyrinth of cubes. In other shootings, there is no real interaction between the model and the location is just there. It's forgotten in this place that is also a little bit forgotten because it's just a pattern of white cubes with nothing going on. It was so fascinating and so inspiring, the place, that I was so happy every time I took a picture because it was like, oh my God, those look so amazing. Okay. And in our Facebook group, the Fashion Photography Podcast, not very mm -hmm. long ago, a person asked, what do we think about the idea of having your personal producer? What's your opinion on that and what a person can expect from their producer? If you want to go on detail, there are different people involved, like location scouting, there's the casting director and stuff like this. But let's say a producer is either who does it or who coordinates all this role and the person who makes the shooting possible. So it's literally the one who translates your vision into something more practical, like giving you all the pieces that you put together in, within a picture. The idea of having a personal one is lovely because, of course, then you get to know the person it's going to be easier and easier to work together and to be aligned. But on the same page, 
working with new people force you to face challenges because sometimes your vision is not the only one and well often your vision is not the only one and being forced to mix your vision with the vision of somebody else can lead to very good result and the idea of working always with the same crew it's really risky for me especially at the beginning because you you get stuck on doing the same all the time and also in your relationships yeah especially when on a really high level to have your own producer it makes your work very very smooth is there something that i didn't ask you but you wanted to share no i feel like it's quite everything everything for now but not for the next for sure. interview <laughs> I want to say big thank you for this interview. It was lovely having you here. Thank you for having me. I really hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you want to support our guest, you can check out the show notes on photographypodcast.net. There you can find his website, Instagram account, and also a little preview of his work. On photographypodcast.net is also a donation button. So if you want to support our show with a dollar or two per month, you can just follow the quick and easy process. Another way to become part of our big family is to join our Facebook group called the Fashion Photography Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us today and I cannot wait to see you next Wednesday. Wednesday.